to all of the beautiful beings that gather and listen to this podcast individually or together. I just want to say thank you and that I'm proud of you for showing up for you. And I mean that. And I hope you are getting all of the golden nuggets that you need to progress in this life out of my podcast episodes. And today I am back with another one where I will discuss all things inner child and pain body. They are one and the same. So I may use them interchangeably just for your knowledge and your ego. This is very deep. So I'll do my best to try and help you all recognize ego and how it is innately related to the inner child that is within each of us. And I am here to help you get in touch with your spiritual side and learn what it means to fully step into your power and rekindle your self-confidence and create the life of your dreams while learning to heal your soul through living a more conscious, awakened life rather than a reactive one. May you quiet your mind and find peace in your heart and healing in your soul as you spend time with me here at the Journey Back to Self podcast. And as usual, if anything I say here doesn't make sense, please feel free to reach out to me because this is sometimes a little bit difficult to understand and I get that and I honestly was mind blown when I heard about the deeper meaning of what ego is, how it relates to our inner children, I guess. And I want to mention that the definition of ego that most of us are familiar with is extremely superficial and isn't actually related to what I'm talking about today. What most of us think when we think of ego is someone who is extremely full of themselves, someone who appears to be cocky, or someone who falls into the superiority complex. And if this is what you think ego is, I'm telling you now just to ditch that definition because it is, like I said, extremely superficial and provides no depth to help any of you understand what our ego actually is and how it does manifest in our day-to-day lives without many of us even realizing it. I don't know how many of you understand or have even ever heard of the concept of your inner child, but like I said, it can also be referred to as the pain body. And let's start with imagining a jack-in-the-box toy in the back of your mind where all of your suppressed emotions, your past experiences, and where all of your unmet needs live. And this essentially becomes the lens through which you are able to interpret your current reality and the way you view the world. And for whoever listened to the second podcast episode that I uploaded, you're probably thinking that this sounds a lot similar to your subconscious mind. And I actually just made this connection myself, which is why I love podcasting so much because I'm constantly just racking my own brain and making new connections for my own growth. So I really enjoy it. But anyway, I will say that our inner child is part of our subconscious mind. However, the human, the human brain, especially the subconscious mind, and the fact that it literally controls 95% of every single thing that we do in the day and do in our lives, I would definitely not reduce that to what I'm going to further explain as our inner child. So for those of you who did listen to the second episode, I'm hope, I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, obviously just reach out to me. But I'm not going to reduce our subconscious mind to something that is only a portion of what our subconscious mind actually is. I'll also mention real quick that if you are somebody who is taking this very seriously and you are looking to use some of the things that I say to help yourself heal, that confronting your inner child first before trying to just dive right into your subconscious mind and change all of that overnight 
would probably be a very good idea. If you are able to effectively render some type of result from healing your inner child and doing the work that I talk about a little bit later, you can use that as a building block to then confront your subconscious mind, reframe those thoughts, and then change the ones that your conscious mind recognizes. And that would definitely probably make sense to the people who have listened to the second podcast. But like I said, if you're listening to all of them, I would recommend doing something like that. I didn't know that there was an easier way to do this when I started. So I just want to include that snippet of information for anybody that it will apply to. So to move forward, your mind begins to develop these stories that are based on everything in your jack-in-the-box that include all the circumstances and situations that led you to understanding that you have unmet needs, that you have toxic thoughts, that you have all these bad experiences that have shaped who you are. But the problem sometimes with this is, especially for somebody like me who's only ever known toxicity and trauma, I began to just naturally identify with that. Meaning I put all of my toxicity at the forefront of my everyday life, thinking that this is who I am as a person. And this is really, really toxic. This is so, so, so toxic. I can't even explain how bad this is. And a lot of us that are living unconscious lives do this every single day because they don't understand that you are not your thoughts. You are the awareness thereof. And you are not where you come from. You're not. And you have the ability to change this, but a lot of people don't understand that. And I also want to mention that when you start to inherently just identify with where you come from, and this might also be influenced by outsiders talking about where you come from and your identity because for me it went something like this. I was the kid in high school that came from the troubled family and a lot of parents were like oh my kid's not hanging out with her she's a bad influence and they automatically associated with me with drugs just problem all of the things and I really didn't have the chance to even develop my own identity or my own personality or anything for myself because so often everyone around me was like identifying me and grouping me with exactly what my family was doing and that is not who I was or wanted to be as a person and so it, w- it was very lonely for me for a very long time and when you start to identify with where you come from no matter how you get to the point of identifying where with exactly where you come from you begin to believe this is who you are and you inherently think to yourself like, I'm not going to be able to amount to anything more and I almost and I don't talk about this often but I almost dropped out of high school because I couldn't handle it I couldn't handle being grouped with exactly where my family is I couldn't handle the stress of that anymore and I was I was about to sign the paperwork and I don't know what told me to stick it out but I did and I'm I'm glad I did but I also understand why kids can't handle anymore why there are such thing as teen suicides I and I get it I oh my god do I get it but here I am today. I'm grateful to be speaking about all of this and about my strength and endurance and perseverance through all of the bullshit. But when you start to identify with these, with where you come from, honestly, you wholeheartedly prevent yourself from even peeling back layers of to get to your higher self. You don't even recognize that a higher self is there and even possible to reach. So now that I've explained to all of you how my own story kind of created these paradigms in the back of my head that ended up in my jack-in-the-box and that really shaped my inner child and who I thought I was as a person, you should sit and sit and really think about the same. Sit and think about what is could be in your jack-in-the-box or why things are there, what unmet needs that you've had growing up, um, and how that manifests in the person that you've become today. And do you identify with these things? 
I think that's important to really think about before I move forward into the next step. So I do want to say sit and really think about it and maybe write it down if it's helpful for you or not. Just make a mental note because I think it'll be important in your healing journey. I really want to say one more thing about this whole concept of identity and how I got to kind of finding mine. So as I grew and started therapy and so on and so forth, taking deep looks into my soul. I was in therapy twice a week and this therapy is very, very taxing. It's called accelerated resolution therapy and it kicked my ass and it still does, believe me. But with time, I began to sift through all of these limiting beliefs and sift through the things that were in my jack-in-the-box. So I got to a place of stillness, being able to sit in this moment right now and just be. And the more I got familiar with this and felt the way it actually felt when you are able to sit in stillness and in this moment and not think about the past, not think about the future, just be, I was able to discover identity within myself. I was able to kind of find things that I like to do or that I enjoy. I was able to realize that I needed to take my health into my own hands and develop healthier life habits and fix my mindset and be able to operate every day from a place of clarity versus a place of cluster, if that makes sense. And I don't want any of you guys to get discouraged because like with most of what I say, this all takes a lot of time, a lot of patience, a lot of practice, and healing is not linear. You can have one bad day, get back up and have an amazing day. It's not linear at all and everybody's journey is different. But the mind basically loves to attach to whatever it is that it recognizes being familiar with in terms of your inner child and the experiences thereof. All I ever knew was toxic until starting therapy in 2018 after having a five-day psychotic break. So safe or better yet, familiar for my brain was extremely toxic. I reacted to external negative stimuli that triggered my inner child so badly. So I quite literally acted like a seven-year-old child but with a lot more trauma stored in my jack-in-the-box because I was a legal adult when the psychotic break happened. And I also look back and realize how often I would react negatively to the positive stimuli around me because I fell into the trap of imposter syndrome more times than I can even count. And basically, I just believed that I didn't have or was deserving of any good coming to me no matter what because I fell into this trap of believing that my identity was exactly attached to where I come from because of everybody around me throwing it in my face all the time. So ultimately, there was just so much trauma shoved into my jack-in-the-box until it just exploded. There was honestly just so much trauma shoved into the back of my mind. And after having been away at school for the majority of the two years prior to my jack-in-the-box imploding upon itself, I came home after I graduated and saw not a single change in the drug abuse of someone that I grew up very, very, very close to, and I just could not take looking at it. The situation I saw triggered me this one last time so badly, it's like... The situation caused the knob on the side of the jack in the box to turn ever so slightly and I lost my mind completely for five days straight and remember very little of it but somehow made it through two interviews at law firms in my area of which I barely recall and ended up getting a job at one of them. I don't even know if I went with my resume. I don't even know how I don't I have no idea how I managed during this time at all whatsoever functioning especially in terms of getting a job at a law firm. But this is the precise example of where 
the toxicity would take over in my life and I didn't know how to act appropriately in situations where I was triggered, but I didn't even know that the reason I was triggered is because my eyes would literally see a situation that triggered me in real time and I would act, react in a way that my seven-year-old self would, but worse. And I kind of feel like I've just like been going on and on about our inner child and how this sh- helps shape your subconscious mind, whether it's good or bad, and how this does form conditioned thought patterns and how conditioned thought patterns relate to ego, which is what I'll be speaking on next. But I just want all of us to be able to sit back and have some type of something to listen to about how we can even figure out what our identity actually is in this life and how to get there. So I hope this is making sense to most of you. Um, if not, as usual, please send me a DM because this is tough stuff to get through. And it took me a very long time to come out on the other end of understanding what I'm saying here. What I'm going to discuss next is ego explain what this means and so on and so forth. So I learned what ego means from Eckhart Tolle, but this man is, in my opinion, one of the greatest leaders of thought I have to look up to anytime I need guidance. But I personally refer to him as a genius and it is a little difficult to understand him sometimes, honestly. So I'm going to do my best explaining ego to you using parts of his definition with my own twist and my own real life examples. Your ego is your dark side comprised of compulsive conditioned thought processes that you are probably not even aware of most of the time. It's the part of you that feels okay getting angry, sad, anxious, and can justify behavior based on these emotions that are not in alignment with your higher self or any behavior that you end up embodying based on the actions especially of another person and not being able to function or handle whatever they did that upset you. Your ego is also the part of you that doesn't want you to win at life. Your ego thrives off of comfort zones and staying put right where you are in life. It's the part of each of you that may feel guilty about wanting more out of life, wanting to grow and become a better version of yourself. The compulsive conditioned thought processes that the ego is made up of becomes a storyline that consists of who each of you believes that you are and how you show up in your day-to-day lives. What's kind of how you connect to the people around you that is based on all the things in our jack-in-the-box that you automatically attach to and believe to be true. You believe your own storyline is true because it's based on everything that conditioned you to be the way that you are, so there would be no real reason for any of you to not identify with the stories of where you come from that shaped how you view and feel about everything in life. An ego really serves as a protector of your inner child, really. It works every day in tandem with your inner child to keep you feeling safe and understands that what is going on around you or happening to you daily feels familiar to keep you comfortable and works to basically justify the stories you believe to be true because it's formed based on everything you learned growing up. So even if you're in a horrible situation and your eyes literally see a situation that triggers your nervous system, your inner child, and your brain and puts you right into survival mode, parts of your brain and your ego kind of recognize this and works to keep you right where you are no matter how bad your situation is or your reaction to the external stimuli because the inner child and the ego understand that whatever is happening around you or to you feels familiar, which to both of them is your safe zone. This right here made me realize after some time on my journey that I was attaching my own identity to these conditioned thought patterns all along, not even realizing I'm not my thoughts, so I shouldn't identify with them and innately believe them to be true. 
And I needed to change those paradigms and conditioned thought patterns to better understand that I am the awareness of my thoughts and that I don't need to identify with them or believe whatever story feels safe or familiar, but that I could actually go ahead and make my own story and reframe everything I once knew to be true about who I am as a person and achieve my goals and unlock the door to meet my higher self. I didn't realize all of these things were possible for a long time. Guys, and this is where our self-talk and how we speak to ourselves really really matters. When I started therapy, I went in self-diagnosing with severe anxiety and PTSD. So I would say things like, I have PTSD and anxiety. Making these mental health issues a part of my identity, I would attach to this narrative unconsciously, not even realizing it could impact my mental well-being in a negative way. Instead, I began to say things like, I struggle dealing with PTSD and anxiety, but I make progress daily. Do you see the difference in how the language you use to talk to yourself makes the biggest difference? In the second sentence, I show up as being the awareness of the mental health issues that I am dealing with versus the first sentence, I basically attach the being that I am with what is happening to me or better yet, what I am experiencing in terms of mental health issues. You all would not believe how important language is and what power it has over you and the way that you speak to yourself as well as other people. And just for the record, I will go in on uh, understanding that you are not at all where you come from. You are not whatever stories that your mind recognizes to be familiar with. You are not your thoughts. You aren't the labels society places upon you, like being a mom, a lawyer, a cashier, whatever. You are the observer of these thoughts and the physical being that shows up to embody the characteristics of an individual who functions under said label in another episode. That whole idea is enough for a whole nother episode, but just understand that you are the awareness of all of those things. You are not actually those things. This is so philosophical and deep and it gets really confusing. So I'll try my best in another episode to further explain all this, but keep that in mind because it's very important. And to make all this make sense, I'm going to provide you a very personal, detailed example of how all of this manifested for me. So I grew up in a home completely consumed with prescription opioids and my loved ones being addicted, which caused the majority of my trauma as one would assume, but I was left to live a life in survival mode every day, not knowing how bad the next hour would turn out to be, let alone the next day, the weeks, the months, or even years to come. And as I grew up and my mom became a severe alcoholic after getting shut off of her prescription opiates and all the other drugs she was prescribed, which included muscle relaxers and benzodiazepines, I'd go check on her to see how bad her condition was and to save her life if need be, which happened, honest to God, hundreds of times. All of these ruminating thoughts that were directly tied to all the things in my jack-in-the-box that shaped my story and how I personally view the world would flood my mind and I would immediately go into a state of severe, severe panic, taking every day living in fight or flight to an unimaginable level and responded to finding her in whatever condition I had in the way that my inner child would at the age of seven. I never used to be able to stop and evaluate anything or process any of what I was feeling upon finding her in whatever condition or deal with any of the ruminating thoughts I was thinking in a way that would benefit both my inner child and my higher self because I was triggered and instead went from zero to 100 in a nanosecond and reacted in a way that my inner child would without even having the capacity to understand or recognize that I have the power to shape how I view, deal with, and react to the situation at hand and the situations dealing with my mom in the future. So now that you guys all have kind of idea how this could manifest with the worst of the worst types of situations, 
I want you to thoroughly evaluate your own life and your own thoughts and your feelings and emotions and how you react to stimuli, whether it's the people, situations, or circumstances around you. You know, go revisit those questions I continuously referred to in the first episode. If you're real serious about using what I say and are using what I am saying to help you change your own life, write those questions down and provide detailed answers and do this from as much of an objective standpoint as you possibly can. It'll be tough to view yourself objectively, but it can be done because I've done it. So start by trying to envision your higher self and all of her, his or her characteristics and how this person shows up daily in life. And once you have a good idea of who and what the next level you is like, go ahead and view your inner child and figure out how trauma has affected your inner child and in turn has affected your life, a life up to this point in time. Like figure out what habits you've developed as a result of your inner child trauma and what parts of you today show up with your inner child in control. And while you do this with your inner child, you need to consider yourself today and be brutally honest and try to view how your damaged inner child has manifested its way into the way you view life and how you respond or react to everything around you and to yourself. Do you give yourself grace and gratitude every day or not? What stories do you believe to be true about yourself, your life, your family, etc.? Then start looking at your life through the eyes of your higher self. And by higher self, I literally want you to think of the next level you. Maybe you see a person that has made minor small changes in the way you live daily, or maybe your higher self incorporates an exercise into your daily life or swaps out a couple unhealthy food items for healthier ones. Or maybe you want to do a complete 360. And if this is you, keep in mind results will not appear today, tomorrow, or probably in the next eight months. But go ahead and sort out all that needs fixing and devise some type of plan to see what more you need to do to heal your inner child while considering how that will help you develop new positive habits and life skills that will allow you to begin embodying your higher self. Viewing yourself from an objective lens will allow you to take a true honest look at yourself without all those extra emotions and getting angry or frustrated and it will also allow you to see yourself in your current situation with the mindset you have just as it is not from a personally biased viewpoint. Okay guys please listen closely to what I'm about to say because this gets a little confusing it sounds a little weird but bear with me. So if you are someone who needs to do some real TLC when it comes to your inner child and your ego it helps if you refer to your inner child or your pain body they're the same thing as I said earlier and your ego as your middle name. For the longest time I would call my inner child ego Marie And when I would be triggered, especially dealing with my mom or anybody else in my family, in the previous episodes where I say I would go by myself and be alone, even if I was triggered in public, and I would talk to myself, I would say, Marie, we're not going to react right now. This is not appropriate behavior. What we're going to do is we're going to take our hands off the situation and we're going to move forward using grace and gratitude from a place of accepting what is going on. We're not going to violently react. I would talk to my inner child as using my middle name like it's a person and we would have a conversation and then just call the next level you my higher self and then obviously there's you in this moment right now and refer to yourself as your first name in a conversation you will have coming from your higher self. So when meditating around all of this or thinking critically be sure to approach your inner child and your ego with loving kindness no matter what as if you're literally at a table with four chairs. You are in one, your inner child is in one, your ego is in one, and your higher self is in one and kind of have a discussion with zero hostility and in real time you obviously control the emotion but this sounds confusing like I said and honestly weird I get it but it really really does work I used this 
so, so, so much in the past for probably a year straight before I got to a point where I didn't need to have a conversation with my inner child and my ego coming from my higher self in the middle of being triggered. And I would speak to myself in other instances coming kind of from like a higher self standpoint, like, D, you're going to be okay, just get to get to tomorrow. So it was as if my higher self was pushing me to the next day. And eventually with therapy, I incorporated all of the best inner child ego healing. And I'm here today being able to try to explain this in the best way possible to all of you. And being able to recognize your ego and your inner child, you can begin to heal these parts of yourself and really start to step into your power and be in the driver's seat of your life and your inner child and ego will have to move over to the passenger seat. And do Doing inner child work will consistently make you feel extremely liberated and the more work you do, the more conscious you become. And for me, it opened the door to operating daily from a conscious state of mind, leading me to stillness and then to the love and light that is within me. The more you get in touch with the stillness and love and light within you, the more you will be able to live in the present moment because your inner child and ego won't have nearly as much power over you as both once did and you'll be able to feel free. All right, guys, that brings to a close my third episode on the journey back to self with your girl, D. As usual, I am so, so, so blessed that I can be here as a source of love and light for all of you. And I am so thankful that all of you have chosen to show up for yourself today. And please do not forget to give yourself grace and gratitude through every step of your own journey back to self. It is by far the most important part in my opinion.